Adam is uh, with the United States Marine Corps. And uh, on Thursday, he leaves to go to Okinawa, Japan. So, uh, and, and be stationed there for a while. So yeah, let's give it up for Adam this morning. It's so great to see uh, him today. Um, you know, what, what, a, what a sacrifice, you know, to join any branch of our armed forces. Uh, so Adam, we're proud of you, bud, okay? Um, but like I said, you know, it's Fifth Sunday. Yours truly is up here preaching. Um, hey, and hey, we have two more left this year. So go ahead and get your calendars out and, and mark those dates. Uh, there's one coming up in July, and the, and the next one is coming up in uh, October. But uh, speaking of preaching, that's what I'm here to do. So uh, let's get to it this morning. Uh, we are in the final chapter of a three-week series that the church and that Tim decided to do this month called what? The Generous Lives. Hey, I'm going to make sure you guys aren't sleeping this morning. Uh, so there's going to be some uh, questions that I ask that I want responses to. Okay? So just a heads up there. So what's it called one more time? Generous Life. That's right. And uh, in this series, we have been looking at the life-changing power of being generous. Uh, we believe God has called us to partner with his kingdom work in the world by blessing the people around us in a variety of ways. If you missed the first two weeks of this series, uh, Tim highlighted seven. How many? Seven. seven. Good job. Uh, different ways in which we can be generous. We can be generous with our, and they should be up here, read them with me, uh, thoughts, words, money, influence, time, attention, and also belongings. Good job. Um, hopefully by now you are seeing generosity is about far more than just your money. Generosity is about taking your entire life, everything you are and everything you own, and using it to bless those around you. In week one of this series, Tim talked to y'all about the first step on the pathway to a generous life. Do you remember what the first step was? Who said it over here? Awareness. Stephen Elliott. Y'all give it up for Stephen Elliott this morning. <laughs> All right, so awareness. That's right. Uh, and I pray that the Holy Spirit has helped you keep your antennas up and has shown you opportunities to be generous to the people around you. Then last week, in week two, what was the second action there? Say what? Action, yes. So I kind of gave you the word. Um, it's action, that's right. And, uh, and Tim talked to you all about moving from a desire to be generous to simply living generously, okay? Uh, the challenge last week was to start small and let God multiply our faithful efforts. I'm sure over the last couple of weeks, you have started having stories or even sharing stories of generosity with those people that you know. I know somebody here at the church shared uh, the following message with Tim this past week. And I'm going to share this message. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I'm going to share this message with you. This is a testimony from somebody here at our church. Uh, the person wrote, I can't tell you how much I am enjoying the generosity series. I cannot count how many of my patients report feeling the benefit of being generous. Often those that are depressed, 
they can't even get out of bed in the morning. But they report when they make the effort to help somebody else. Isn't that something? They struggle to get out of bed in the morning. But when they help somebody else, they're quick to report those things. Their mood simply improves. We, talking about all of us here, we are wonderfully designed by God, and we are made to love and work together. Amen. What a great testimony, testimony that is from someone here at our church. Isn't it amazing what God can do when we look past our limits and give him all that we have? This morning, here on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, we are going to talk about the final step on our path towards a generous life. And what a word to talk about today, knowing what this weekend is and what holiday that we're celebrating tomorrow. And the word we're going to look at today is impact. Impact. This morning, the big idea is living with awareness that leads to action will leave a lasting impact. Living with awareness that leads to action will leave a lasting impact. I have a question for you today. And this is one that I don't want, I don't want the answer to, so just keep them to yourself. It's more rhetorical, okay? But uh, what comes to mind when you hear the word impact? What comes to mind when you hear the word impact? So what? Change, okay? Uh, well, that's, that's one. Uh, but uh, how, many fans, uh, how many football fans do we have in the house this morning? All right. On the count of three, uh, shout out your favorite team. One, two, three. Uh, if you said Tar Heels, no, I didn't. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, am I right, Dad? Yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, so we do have some football fans here in the house this morning. Uh, but maybe when you hear the word impact, you think about when two players, you know, go at it, they tackle each other, you know, that sort of thing. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I I've been keeping up with our Carolina Hurricanes hockey team. I wish they could win on the road. Uh, amen, right? Um, anyway, but the, 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 um, hopefully game seven is tomorrow night in Raleigh. Hey, good things happen in Raleigh, so let's just be uh, praying for the Canes, okay? Um, but, uh, but anyway, if you don't know, they are the professional hockey team that we have here in our state that play over in Raleigh uh, at the PNC Arena. But the Hurricanes have been playing in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, and when I think about impact, I think about those hockey players slamming each other against those boards and against the glass there that uh, encloses the rink. It's crazy. Uh, but I think uh, football, when it comes to impacts, football and hockey are some of the roughest sports out there, in addition to MMA. Do we have any MMA fans in here? All right, yeah, there, there's a few of you. Um, but uh, when it comes to the word impact, maybe the first thing that, that you can think of is when you kind of lose your footing, okay? And you're about to make the impact with the ground. And if you're anything like me, the thing that you care most about is, hey, did anybody see me stumble? Okay, did anybody see me stumble? Sometimes uh, the embarrassment of a fall is worse than the actual physical pain itself. 
Uh, this is how we normally think of impact. The action of one object coming in contact with another with some force behind it. However, there's another definition of impact as well. Impact can also mean having a strong effect on someone or something. For example, another question for you this morning is, uh, I know Mike just talked about it uh, during his communion meditation, but how many of you guys have ever been to the beach or to the ocean? Raise your hand. All right. So how many of you guys have, have just, you know, while you're at the beach, you're watching the waves just crash into the shore? Okay. Um, that is pretty awesome. I'm sure all of us, you know, if you've been to the beach, you have seen that happen. And when you see that happen, you're experiencing multiple types of impact. There is the collision of the waves when they hit the shore and they crash, okay? But that's not where the impact starts. Those waves are formed by energy passing through the water or what we know as currents, okay? The wind actually has an impact on the water and the friction and the energy it creates causes those waves you are constantly seeing coming up on the shore. Okay, so that's our little science lesson of the day, all right? So hopefully you got that. Um, but, uh, but I find that pretty fascinating, just being there, seeing the waves crashing on the shore. But uh, there is an impact that we cannot see that is creating an impact that we can see. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about the ocean, okay? Um, but uh, let's talk about something a little closer to home. Maybe you've been down to the river, uh, my family is going down to the river uh, later on today for our graduation party. Um, but, you know, we have the Tar River here in Pitt County. Uh, we have the Pamlico River down in the Washington area. Um, but think about those, those few times when the river is calm and it looks like glass, okay? Uh, you can see impact in action when the river is calm. I'll, I'll tell you why. All you have to do is pick up a rock and throw it in the water when the river is calm and what comes from that impact? Ripples. That's right. Um, it, it creates ripples through the water. Those ripples continue to move through the water away from that point of impact when the rock hits it or when the pebble hits it. In fact, you can see a ripple without even identifying the impact that caused it to happen in the first place. My friends, that is the power of impact when we see something like that. But impact doesn't is inclusive, but let me start over. But impact doesn't inclusively exist in sporting events or bodies of water. Impact is something that we as humans have the ability to create. Impact is something that we as humans have the ability to create. I'm not talking about the kind of impact that happens when you fall down. I'm talking about the kind of impact we can have when we commit to living generous lives. We see this very thing happening all around us. You know, real quick, when it comes to impact, I want to recognize and appreciate some folks from our church who committed to living generous lives over this past school year. 
and they chose to impact the lives of middle schoolers and high school students that came to various small groups. These are the folks who served as small group leaders during the 22 or 21, 22 school year. So uh, they are Michael Pittman, they're all, all up here, Chrissy Pinnell, Grayson Smith, Lori Pittman, Abby Paul, Bart Gulen. That's a crazy picture of Bart. Um, Stuart Paul and Logan Kelly. Hey, let's give it up for these folks real quick. Um, I, I thank each of them for their generosity this year. I believe you definitely impacted the students that came to your small groups uh, over this uh, particular school year. But uh, thank you so much for, for doing that. All right, so uh, let me, let me uh, do a quick survey here. If you have ever been impacted by another person, raise your hand and keep them up. Keep them up. Okay. Take a moment and look around the room here, and you can see that pretty much everybody in this room has been impacted by somebody else. All right. You can put your hands down. Thank you for doing that. We have all been impacted by other people. But here's what most of us have never thought about. That person who impacted your life, guess what? They were impacted by somebody else. And that somebody else was impacted by another person. So, you know, it's, it's a chain kind of. One person was impacted, then they impacted another, and so forth and so on. But when you are impacted by another person, you are most likely experiencing what I like to call the ripple effect. Just like you might not see the start of a wave in the ocean, or the point of impact that causes ripples on a calm river. Most of us never see the origin of the impact that we ourselves experience. Why is that? Because impact goes all the way back to the beginning of human history. When you read the scripture, you see the story of God creating humanity in his own image. A generous God who breathed life into his people and invited them into his story. All impact can be traced back to that single moment when God did that. I share all of this with you today to make a very important point. And this is that point. Impact is how the gospel and how generosity spreads. Impact is how the gospel and generosity spreads. Our Christian story is a story of impact. It's a story of one life intersecting with another life that has taken us from the beginning of human history into the moment that we can find ourselves in right here at this very time, in this very moment. This morning, let's take a look at Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 through 47. Through this passage, I want to uh, give you a demonstration of what this impact looked like there in the first church, in the early church. Uh, let's read it together. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God 
and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This passage describes the explosive growth that was happening there in that first church, in the early church. But to fully understand the ripple effect taking place here in this moment in Acts 2, you need to understand the context of the entire story of this particular story. In the Gospels, we are given, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we are given the story of the death and the burial and the resurrection of who? Jesus. Remember, Jesus promised his followers that he would be the one to defeat death and reconcile all of humanity back to God, back to the Father. And while followers of Jesus didn't quite understand this at that moment or what was happening, they were witnesses to his death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection from the dead. After his resurrection, Acts chapter 1 tells the story of Jesus ascending back into heaven. And at this point, he gives his followers a mandate. Huh, mandate. We know about mandates, don't we? But, uh, you know, this, this particular mandate, Jesus is telling his followers. He says, for them to be witnesses for him in the, in the entire world to tell his story. In essence, Jesus is challenging his followers there in Acts chapter 1 to have an impact on their world because of the impact that he, talking about Jesus, had on them. He says, go out into all the world. Have an impact on all the world. And he's telling them this because he himself had an impact on them. Jesus there was creating a ripple effect. And to ensure that this ripple effect continued on and on and on, the first followers of Jesus were given the Holy Spirit to guide them and give them power as they continued to have impact in the entire world. So by the time we got or we get to Acts chapter 2 and we see this church, the early church there, giving their possessions to the poor, worshiping together, enduring in the face of persecution, we aren't seeing just a standalone event. Instead, we are seeing the impact of the finished work of Jesus Christ. The last part of that passage that we read from Acts chapter 2, the last part uh, there in verse 47, and it says, And the Lord added to their number, what does it say? Oh, that's hard to say or see. Uh, but do you guys know it? Yeah, or how often do you add to that number? Daily, Daily right? Daily. Um, I apologize that you can't see that, um, but it's okay. Uh, but uh, let me just read it one more time. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Daily. My friends, it's, it's so easy to look at that phrase and think to ourselves, wow, the church was growing in leaps and bounds. But what incredible impact that was. But when we understand the context, we realize uh, they were responding to the impact that they themselves, the disciples, the apostles that they experienced. 
One of the things this early church was known for was their incredible generosity. They shared all their possessions, and they made sure that everyone, say everyone, was cared for. Everyone was cared for. Do you think that they would have done all this if they didn't have a front row seat to the self-sacrificing love of Jesus on the cross? Do you think they would have done that? Think about that this morning. The generosity of God expressed through his son Jesus was the ripple allowing the first church to be generous. And the ripple didn't stop there. You can trace it from the early church in the book of Acts all the way to churches around the world right now. I can think of stories that I've heard from Togo and Rwanda. I think about one of the last times that Tim went to Togo, and there were some ladies there who were praying for his brother, Mike. And Mike had a heart issue, and they were praying about this issue days before Mike Turner himself knew that he had an issue with his heart. That blows my mind. But then, there in Togo, Africa, there were folks in Togo who impacted these ladies to listen to the power of God's Holy Spirit, to listen to his Holy Spirit and be praying for Mike in that moment before Mike himself knew that he had an issue. Amen. That's awesome. When I think about Rwanda, Africa, and boy, what can I say about Rwanda, Africa? They are doing some great things in Rwanda. Through the Rwanda Challenge and through Frank Reynolds, I mean, Rwanda has impacted us here at Christ Church. The people there connected with us here at our church and through Mid-Atlantic Christian University, or MACU, to help teach and educate those who want to be pastors in that very country. Michael Pittman, Tammy Bishop, they just returned from there like a week ago, okay? Tammy's husband, uh, Wes, and their daughter, Victoria, they're still there helping out with this cause to teach and educate people that want to be pastors in that country. Our own Jennifer Parker, is Jennifer in here? Yeah, right there. All right. Uh, Jennifer, she went on her first ever cross-cultural missions trip in November 2020. And, uh, and, and, you know, at the time, just a little funny story. We were telling Jennifer, I was like, man, we just go across the border to Mexico. Um, you know, that's a lot closer to home uh, from time to time. But, man, she went all the way to Rwanda, Africa, over the ocean. Okay. But uh, going back to her story, um, Jennifer went, and God placed it on her heart. He impacted her to start the United States Division located right here in Greenville, North Carolina, to start the United States Division of AHI, which stands for the Haf Africa Hope Initiatives. That ministry is located there in Rwanda in East Africa, and it strives to share the love of Jesus with the hopeless, the poor, and the destitute. Jennifer, we thank you for the work that, you're, that God is doing through you. 
And I can think about all the stories that I've heard from central India. You know, I could definitely say that there's many ripple effects happening in central India through the work that CICM, the Central India Christian Mission, is doing there. The Lord is doing great things in that part of India, and it all started with the work of Dr. Ajay and Indu Law. Since being founded in the year 1982, 40 years ago, the poor and the destitute have been fed, they've been clothed, they've been given medical care, churches have been planted, leaders have been mentored, disciples have been taught, and communities have been transformed by the gospel, lived out by thousands of Christ's living, selfless followers. What an amazing thing there in India. The ripple effect is powerful because it has the ability to keep going on and on and on until Jesus returns. But let me ask you the question. Are you doing your part? Am I doing my part? Are we doing our part right here in Greenville, here in Pitt County? Are we doing our part? In order for the impact of generosity to, to continue to bless the world, then we have to continue to be generous ourselves. We have to be generous. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and this is the last part of verse 7. It says, see that you also grow in this grace of giving. See that you also grow in this grace of giving. Don't miss the important truth, folks. Generosity inspires generosity. Generosity inspires generosity. The generous life is extremely contagious. And when we commit to being generous people, the ripple effect that I've been talking about this morning will continue to create more generosity all over the world. In order for the impact of the ripple effect to continue, we have to get better at generosity, at simply being generous. We have to become more aware, more intentional, more active. If we as a church commit to increasing our generosity, our impact will grow exponentially. And if we fail to do it, then the ripple effect will stop and we will find ourselves as a church with very little in the world. Hey, let me just pause right here and just give y'all here at Christ Church a round of applause. Like, I'm praising you guys today because we, I feel like we are pretty generous. Yes, we could do more, but we are pretty generous here at Christ Church. Um, you know, Tim talked last week about, um, you know, several years back. Uh, how some folks decided to come together and start a backpack pal ministry to simply give food to kids in local schools who are hungry. Food for, you know, the weekend, food for the evenings, that sort of thing. And it's been here at Christ Church all the way until now we have a straight-up nonprofit called 86 Hunger. So the Lord has done great things through that. Um, also, you know, we at Christ Church, we, we help out, we support the Carolina Pregnancy Center. Um, with the youth ministry, uh, every six to nine weeks or so, uh, on Saturday mornings, we get a group of, of teens and parents and family members together, 
and we go and we serve at the 1209 breakfast ministry that serves breakfast on Saturday mornings except for four Saturdays a year to people off the street who are living in poverty, who are homeless. They're just hungry. And we go and, and we serve those folks and we give them a, a smiling face. We are Jesus' hands and feet there on Saturday mornings. A lot of y'all know David Rayfield, um, and David came to us over a year ago, maybe a couple years now. And there's a lot of you that gave money so David could stop living in a hotel room, and now he has his own place. He's right here this morning. David, we love you, brother. <clears throat> and you guys continue to pray for David. He's got surgery coming up on June 6th. Is that still right? Okay, um, but you guys continue to pray for David. But there's so many things like, you know, I'm leading a group um, in July. We're going to Washington, D.C. to do some work for the kingdom up there in Washington, D.C. for a week. And we've been to Mexico. We've been to Rwanda. We've been to Togo. We've been to India. You know, you guys have done a good job giving up yourselves, being generous to go help out the kingdom in other places and through other people. So, but let me say this point again. But if we fail to stop doing these things, if we stop doing these things, then the ripple effect will stop and we will find ourselves as a church with very little in the world. So how do we as Christ followers and as a church body multiply our impact through generosity? Of course, there are many answers to this question, but today I want to focus on just one. And I believe if, if we still instill this practice into our lives and into our church, we would see greater impact than what we have ever seen before. And I just listed some great things. But if we keep doing this, we will see um, a bigger impact, a greater impact than what we have ever seen before. Are you guys ready to know how you do that? All right, so simply tell stories of generosity. Tell stories of generosity. Now, it goes without saying, we cannot share stories of generosity if we are firstly not creating them. If you don't have stories of generosity, how can you share them? But I think there is something flawed, there, there's some flawed thinking about sharing stories, and we need to address that this morning. I, of, I often see well-meaning Christians who refuse to share their stories of generosity because they believe it's too prideful to do so. Some people feel that way, and they think that way. Certainly, as followers of Jesus, we need to be on guard against a proud heart. But I believe that we can share stories of generosity with the right motives. Listen to what Jesus said uh, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before who? Others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father or their father in heaven. Did you catch what Jesus said there? Where, where, where did it say our light should be shined? Does it say privately? Does it say that? Some of you guys said, where, where, did, where did Jesus said, uh, say to let your light shine? Before others. 
That's right. Jesus even gives us the proper motivation so we can make sure that we aren't being too prideful. And what is the motivation that Jesus gives us? He says that others may glorify their Father, our Father, in heaven. So when people see you being generous, if you share stories about how generous you were, hopefully those people will praise God because of the generosity that you spoke about or that you showed. The end of our generosity, or the end goal of our generosity, should always be for other people to see God. That's the end goal. For other people to see God through what we're doing and through the stories that we share. For who God truly is. The verse doesn't say, uh, it doesn't talk about or, or say that people should see our good deeds and how they should glorify us. It doesn't say that. And if you are living a generous life so people can pat you on the back or give you a high five and just tell you how wonderful you are, then you simply need to check your motives. But if we are being generous so that others can see how big and how loving and how generous and how gracious our God is, then we need to share those stories. People have to see our good deeds and our light, our, our, light, our spiritual light, has to shine in front of a dark world that desperately needs some light. When we commit to glorifying God through our stories of generosity, we keep the ripple effect going strong, stronger than it's ever been. You know, this morning, I want to end this, this three-week series by showing you a story. Tim showed a couple of other stories through videos uh, the last couple of weeks, but take a look at this one, and this story really uh, in, highlights the impact of living a generous life. Take a look at this. I had an accident and my hip was broken in so many pieces. I have two rods in my hip. Uh, that's the one from last week. <laughs> I, I don't want to show you guys the wrong video. So anybody got a joke this morning? You say anything about Duke, I'm going to walk off the stage. <laughs> so this video is about bikes. All right, here we go. So my husband is reading the Sunday paper, and he comes across an article that talks about this refugee family that had gotten their bikes stolen. Their bikes were their transportation. And he says, you need to read this. The kids got up and it was craziness and Brad talked about what a refugee family was and, and then he asked the question, well, what can we do about this? My nine-year-old pipes in and says, I think we need to go get them bikes. And Brad said, you're right, that's what we should do. We should go get them bikes. And I thought, oh my gosh. I'm thinking we're gonna show up with bikes and they probably have at least 
five or six bikes by now and my kids are going to be so disappointed and we're going to spend our Sunday dealing with this rather than having our family day like we were going to have. We get in the car, we're all excited. We head to the store to pick out the bikes. The boys wanted to find a certain color and we knew that they had one son and so the boys wanted to pick out the bike for the boy. We pile the bikes in the car and we're really excited. As we drive down the road, we realize we really don't know where we're going. My husband called the church that was affiliated with this family. They couldn't give out the address. And he is persistent and said, it looks as though this is in this part of town, is that right? And the voice on the other end said, you're right, it's in that part of town. I kept thinking, I'm sure somebody has already made sure that this family has bikes. And so there is a line of these duplex homes and we had to figure out which home was theirs. The picture in the paper had a hose reel on the front and sure enough, one of the kids said, there it is, there's the hose reel. And there's no one home. So we decide to wait and a half an hour goes by two hours, three hours, and by that time, I'm ready to leave. We've waited long enough. My husband said, let's make one more pass through the neighborhood, and then we can go home. Then the excitement starts. They're home. The little boy was telling his dad, these bikes are for us. And the only thing that the dad could say was, I like bike, I like bike. And he had the biggest smile on his face and he's like, I like bike. I said to the boy, have you gotten a bike yet? And he said, no ma'am. That was kind of a turning point for me. I think so often the need is so close that you miss it. Experiencing that joy when we drove away and how my kids were saying, that was so cool, that was so cool, did you see their faces? That was what was so meaningful to me. Isn't that a wonderful story? Inspiring story. What was going on in y'all's hearts when you saw that video as you were watching it this morning? If you're anything like me, you're probably thinking, I want to be generous like that. I want to be generous like that family. The video has been used by the Holy Spirit today to create a small ripple inside of our hearts. I really believe that this morning. Now imagine what happens if you tell this particular story of what you just watched, what you just saw, to your friends, to other family members, to co-workers, to fellow classmates this particular week. 
that ripple will start to grow. This is the true power of the generous life. You might not be able to impact the world by yourself, but together and with the help of God's Holy Spirit, you can impact every person on this planet with the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that today. As we end today and this series concludes, I want to mention one last thing that the generous life will give each of us. And if you choose to commit yourself to a generous life, you will create a legacy. You will create a legacy. The definition of the word um, legacy says anything handed down from the past to the next generation. Let that definition sink in just a little bit. Generosity is not just about what it does for you. It's not about even what it does for the recipient of your generosity. The generous life has the power to go far beyond your life and your particular story. We, we all know that our time here on earth is limited. But the ripple effect of our generosity has the ability to be used by God far beyond our lifetimes. It doesn't matter how old you are here in the house this morning in the room today. But what you are doing today is creating your legacy. It's Memorial Day weekend. And let me ask you guys this question. How are you going to be remembered. What is the most powerful legacy that you can create? I'll give you a hint today. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about those things. Each of us has the opportunity to create a, a legacy of generosity. Each of us has the opportunity to create a legacy of generosity every single day. And that legacy will be known years after we're gone. You can live a generous life today, and I promise it will continue to impact people well after you're gone. Let me say that one more time. You can live a generous life today on May 29th. 2022, and I promise it will continue to impact people well after you are gone. Let's pray together. Father, I want to experience the joy that comes from living a generous life. God, I also pray that every single person here in the sound of my voice and watching online that they want to experience that same joy from living a generous life. God, this morning, I, 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 I pray to you that you will throw it in, into our lives, a way for us to be generous and help out with various things. God, I, I pray that when that moment happens, that we can see that moment. We can recognize that moment 
And we, at that moment, will know that, hey, we need to live that generous life. God, I pray that we can just jump right on in when those moments happen. That we, through what we do, or what we give, that we can make an impact for your kingdom. And that we can create a legacy starting right now and in the days to come. Lord, I say all of this in your name. Amen.